at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Actually, Taylor at SWATradio.com. That's Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R at SWATradio.com. I sound funny today. Do I sound weird to you? Oh, I just, okay. There's, uh, my headphones, I don't think, are working the best, so I was kind of like, am I talking? Can anyone hear me? Uh, anyway, if you are just joining us, which you are because we just started, um, Doug is out, Brad is out, and today I am joined in studio by, with my father, Anthony Johnson, who is in for, what, what number of time is this for you now? I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, it's Maybe been... eight, nine? Yeah, it's been a bunch. Yeah, so uh, glad to have you back in. Uh, we're talking a little bit about um, just run down what's gone on in the week, kind of catch up with you, see how things have been going. If you have never heard, uh, my dad is a counselor now. He, uh, You can find him at AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Um, and you can also find him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. That's again, at Acacia underscore counseling. So, Dad, what has been uh, going on with you? How's the How's the practice been? Practice has been <laughs> kind of strange to say uh, I'm in a practice uh, counseling. I'm practicing on my clients, right? Yeah, <laughs> so right. Kind of funny, but um, practice has been good. Uh, I really, uh, again, find myself over and over each week um, thinking, man, I, I really enjoy being able to help people in this way. And so um, so I'm enjoying that, um, growing in it, a lot that I'm uh, still learning uh, and I hope that'll never, never end. But, um, but yeah, I really, I really have enjoyed it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and you know, I think the first time you were on, you spoke with Doug about kind of bringing the biblical counseling into practice, what it looks like when you're talking to people individually. Today, I kind of want to ask you about uh, maybe not how you would diagnose the things that are going on in the country, but maybe how from a, a theological um, from a biblical counseling perspective, how you would uh, handle kind of what you see going on. I think in uh, on the radio this past week, uh, looking at Paul in Acts, you know, and um, how he was incensed by the idols in the city. And going into next week on the radio, I think they're going to talk about um, the the sermon that he gave there at the area. How do you say it? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to say it in my head, but... Yeah, it's not coming out right. Um, But, you know, just kind of along those lines about, you know, what are the what are some of the things that you see going on right now that man, are just we're really missing it, you know, as a nation, as a church, um, just kind of wherever you're feeling and kind of from a counseling perspective, what you think is at the core, uh, you know, the root issue or what what is needed to correct course. Yeah, the, the, that's a. There's a lot in that uh, <laughs> that question because there's so much uh, there. But um, you know, the things that that come to mind, uh, or sub, several things that come to mind. Uh, one in that Act 17 passage, um, I'm intrigued with um, looking at it right now. Um, I'm intrigued with 
um, once Paul started to engage um, with the Stoics and the philosophers there, um, and he started to talk about, you know, obviously, the, the gospel and Christ and all that, that their immediate response was not, hey, get this stuff out of here. We yeah. don't want that. Their immediate response was, yeah, what are, what are you talking about? Like, they were intrigued. Um, and, and I, I, I find that, um, compelling because especially in our day and age right now and kind of the way, and this may just be me, but kind of the way it feels like, um, us in conservative Christianity think about the world is that they're just immediately, you know, resistant and Mm -hmm. rejecting and, and obviously that that may be the case from some and obviously from those who are entrenched um you know with their ideologies that are purposely against uh the gospel but but there's still the hearts of people who are longing to hear the 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 salve the saving um what am i trying to say the 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 uh refreshing of what the gospel provides mm. that um you know, there's hearts who are open to it and who long to it. And when they hear it, they'll ask for more. And so that's one of the things that, that stands out to me from that text because I still believe, and I'm still experiencing, especially in, in, uh, in the clinic, that that's the case, that the hearts of people and particularly of individuals are longing for what we have as Christians to provide in the gospel. Yeah, that's interesting too. I think you know when I think of my generation and 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 younger, they talk about there's a added um, dimension of spirituality, uh, spiritual searching, but most of it not attached to any sort of religious uh, thinking or anything like that. And I would say that's probably because you know they're they're lost, obviously, but that the heart is still yearning for something more. Um, obviously, provides a you know a ground you know. To, to minister in and to, to engage and uh, hopefully, you know, win souls or, you know, uh, you know uh, introduce souls to Christ or however you want to put it. Um, yeah. Well, that in, in spite of all the pretty intense and maybe inflammatory things we're seeing in, you know, in the news and in our country. And I mean, the world is just in, 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 when, unique ways in regard to what I've experienced in my life, we're, we're at a different level. Mm. Um, but, the, but the heart and the need in the heart of people, particularly for God and what the gospel provides in terms of how to access God, they still need. And in that sense, they're still looking for, that's yeah. not changed. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, it, there, the aspect that has changed is maybe the um, the antagonism towards Christianity, right? I, I would say that you know culturally, you know, in the eighties, the nineties, you know, early two thousands, it was a permissive environment to Christians, if you want to, you know, talk in uh, those type of terms, where there was a, at least a a, ref- a friendliness, maybe a little respect, even becoming a begrudging respect. To now, it's almost ridicule, right? And those same people who you know, ridicule Christianity for its tenets, they're not swayed by those who say, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're right about this, right? You know, kind of maybe the more liberal-leaning church. Um, but you still have to engage with them because there's 
that want that they have, that want and that desire, but they have been catechized, for lack of a better term, into a worldview that is, you know, just antagonistic towards Christianity. And so how do you bridge bridge that uh, gap to where there's the want and there's the need, but there's the outright disdain at the same time? Yeah, and that, that's um, <clears throat> that's something in like in counseling uh, terms. Um, well, there's a there's a technique and kind of a skill uh, that's called containment uh, mm-hmm. that the therapist is to engage with the client um, in in such a way that whatever the client presents that may be like so difficult, you know, to the extent of maybe PTSD, like the person is going through. A, horrific abuse and and things that they've experienced um containment is the ability for the the therapist in this case to be with that person to hear what's going on and but not just hear it but to be able to be in that person's environment without being triggered like like the person in in need of help is being triggered Um, and so it's a unique skill and and it makes me think of that, obviously, on a bigger scale when we're and we're talking about that, because, um, you know, what we're seeing and experiencing is heightening and it's ratcheting up and seems to be going more and more antagonistically against um, what we hold so dear in the gospel. And uh, it, it could be easy, and I think we're all tempted to that to do this. Uh, it could be easy to get caught up in the fear of that. Or in the reciprocity of that, like I'm going to meet them with the same ferocity that they are against me. And, and again, forget and miss that even with that, that the facade of antagonism, that heart underneath, Apostle Paul is a great example, that, that heart underneath is still needing and likely longing for what we have to offer in the gospel. Right, and I guess we're coming up against the break, so when we come back, we'll touch on this more. But, um, you know, how, how taking that principle, maybe then applying it to, you know, something like um, homosexual marriage, right? It, which before 2015, it's like that, that's, that's a non-starter pretty much for most people. Like they're not for it. They're not, but now, since in just, what, seven years after, um, you know, the Supreme Court ruling, it is like, Oh, you're you're a bigot if you don't agree with this. You're ooh, how can I talk to you? So, and 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 the answer could be well, you know, Bible says you know you don't do this. You're going to hell, and you know, answer in a way that's maybe can come off as antagonistic, right? Um, so when we come back, I, I want to get your idea, or you know, from a counseling perspective, how you would engage with something that you know someone who holds an untruth and engage with them in a way to point them to the truth without, uh huh, you know triggering their defense mechanisms or, or getting their defenses up and, and getting them hostile and mad at you. And then you get into a, you know, an arguing uh, match back and forth. So stick with us. We will be back with that in just a moment before we go. would like to let you know that um, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT radio talk is the handle that is at SWAT radio talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the app store. You're listening to SWAT radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. 
or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. That is Austin French with Freedom Hymn. I get a little nervous when Doug's not in here, and it's been a while since I've been like, I'm not going to remember that song, but I, I got that one. So uh, welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Doug is out today as well as Brad, and I am joined in the studio with my uh, by my dad. I don't know. Every time it sounds. In the studio with me is my dad, Anthony Johnson who has been on the program a number of times. Um, if you are unaware of who he is, he uh, is a father to me, which is all you really need to know. No, I'm just playing. But uh, he played in the NFL for 11 years, went to Notre Dame before that. Uh, last time they won a national championship, once he finished his playing career, he was a chaplain for the Jacksonville Jaguars for 15 years and is currently a uh, biblical counselor. And if you would like to know more about his ministry, his practice, um, and you know, book a session or anything like that, you can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram, at Acacia underscore counseling. That's at Acacia underscore counseling. Um, Dad, how how many, it's been four years almost, that you've been? Almost three. Almost oh, three. of what? Counseling? Yeah. Yeah, almost three. All right, but 2018 you stopped, so then you were in school for a little bit, and then, mm-hmm. okay. All right, yeah, so he's been doing it for almost three years. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, just how to engage the culture that we're in and kind of some uh, lessons or some insights that uh, my dad may have from his counseling background. And before the break, you were talking about a counseling practice of where you, what's it called? Not bracketing. uh, Oh, contain. Yeah, containment. uh, Of containment, um, talking about how, as a therapist, you you want to um, – are you hearing that? I mm-hmm. think there's a plane flying over. It's loud. I was like, dang, what is that? We're getting bombed. Uh, no, that as a therapist, uh, you want to be able to enter into um, whatever traumatic situation the person that you're talking to is uh, going or is retelling or recounting or living through without yourself getting you know, traumatized by it. And so uh, before the break, I asked you about – you know, how would that work out if you're talking to somebody, you know, trying to convince a lost soul who holds beliefs that are antithetical to the biblical worldview? You know, how 
how, how would you engage with them without, you know, triggering their defenses or getting mad yourself? And, you know, I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, homosexuality and the beliefs, how they've changed on that, but you don't have to really talk about that one necessarily. But in general, how do you think this is the best way for us as Christians to engage um, with that principle of mind? Yeah. So one word that would encapsulate that, that, um, you know, Jesus uh, encouraged us not to forget. Um, Paul reminded us of that. John reminded us of that. And that's love. Um, and what that, what that looks like in, you know, a situation is obviously unique and esoteric to any of the specific engagements we might have with people. Um, but, but that, that, that's a great question. And, and for me, the thing that, that is the heart of it that is, that has to be foundational for me is, um, one, what we kind of talked about the belief and the, um, the holding on to that no matter how a person is presenting externally or what they say, what they do, uh, that their heart still needs the salvific relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's what they need. They may not know it. They may not ever accept it. Um, I might forget it, but if I remind myself, if I come back to that, that is the most essential aspect of any type of engagement that I have with someone. And so a, a thought that ties to that in regard to homosexuality or regard to any other type of sin is, is this type of thought. Uh, these are in my words based on what I understand the Bible to say, that a person will not go to hell because they are homosexual or because they are a murderer or because they're a thief. Uh, a person will go to hell because they've rejected the salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only reason. Um, and, you know, breaking that out, uh, identifies a lot of things. And that is one, at least if I'm talking to someone who has a different perspective, different lifestyle, whatever, that that's not the main issue. That can never be the main issue. Now, that's the lens through which we're going to have to look and engage with one another. So there needs to be some understanding and some grace for that. But um, but but that's not the main The main issue was that God endorsing what I was saying? <laughs> that was World War III kicking off. I think uh, that's what it was. Um, the, the main issue is um, is this person and their understanding and the opportunity for them to receive who Christ is. And, and what an awesome privilege that through maybe a person's uh, trauma or uh, lifestyle or whatever, we have an opportunity to engage with that person. In other words, we have to. We have an opportunity to engage with them in what where they really live. Mm-hmm. Like that's there's that's where their life is focused. That's where their vision is, where their heart is, and we can engage them in that. And so, um, so making sure we 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 come to those interactions with uh, an adherence to and a holding on to the truth of the issue will allow us, I think, to be able to engage in a way that may contain difficult things um but ultimately will be an opportunity and an entree for them to see hey, i really need jesus and he's he's the only one i need and i'm willing to receive him 
Yeah, and you know that's a, a good point that you bring up about um, you know being a murderer is not ultimately what sends you to hell. God is so great in His mercy and His love that He will save such as those right if they turn and repent. Um, and you know that so that the ultimate issue is you know your relationship with Christ and how that'll transform you you know into a new creature right and so those old things that um you used to do or used to believe will will pass away um when you're talking to somebody who let's say from a counseling perspective who doesn't like so a lot of times people have a a a reason or two of like why they won't accept christ and they stick to it and obviously it doesn't a lot of times it has nothing to do with the main thing right it's like well you you know i people at church are hypocritical or, you know, the Catholic, there's, you know, that Catholic priest scandal, stuff like that, you know, so I just can't reject, or I, I just reject Christianity outright, which again, doesn't answer the question of, you know, is there a maker, you know, who is Christ? What's your relationship with him? But those are the guards that are up that, you know, I, you know, I won't for nothing, you know, I'm not going to consider it or, you know, I'm not gay, but I think people should be get, be able to get married. So I won't touch it because of that, right? A cultural issue, something like that. What is like a from a counseling perspective? Is that is that something that I'm, I would imagine that's something that you as a counselor would run into? Is there a term for that? Is and and then how do you navigate around it? Yeah, you you mentioned uh, uh, one term that identifies some of that is, and that's defenses. Um, people will have. Uh, defenses and by definition really and by nature the defense is not the main issue uh the defense is there to um to protect mm. um or sometimes to um deflect from the main issue um but but nonetheless a defense needs to be appropriately addressed uh right um old time uh, cities had walls around, and that was part of the protective defenses. And to negotiate the the wall, you had to hopefully wisely just kind of go through the gate, right? Hmm. Um, and it sounds simple, but um, but a but it's kind of similar in in a relationship that uh, a per, all of us have defenses. Um, so a person who has a defense and maybe um, it gets used to deflect from the issue, uh, the the key is to, one, hold on to what's the main point, and if the main point is Christ, then and it, it would be in such a, an interaction. The, the challenge is, and kind of the error that I think we've all uh, fell into, is just just staying on that point. Jesus is the point, and that's and not therefore appropriately dealing with the defenses. So uh, addressing, honoring that person's defense is the main point for them, for their perspective. And so engaging with that is absolutely essential if the main point is going to have any entree into the heart of where they're at. Um, so I hope that makes sense. So, so if a person has um, issues with homosexuality, homosexual marriage, and maybe that's Maybe they're um, they're so open to that, and they they can't handle the dogmatic hard line of what the gospel seems to be saying about homosexuality. We've got to engage with that. We've got to engage with them on it without letting go of obviously the truth of who Christ is. Um, and so, so the focus has got to start to become okay. The heart of this person. I'm bringing the gospel. I'm bringing the heart of who Christ is. Um, but 
I'm going to first connect with the heart of who this person is, even in this this dissonance or this this issue that is disagreeable to them. Um, and, and part of that finding that heart is like why that is such a sticking point then for why they would reject Christ. I would imagine. Yeah, so the whys of it, but also the the whats of it, the hows. Um, you know, in other words, learning their story a little bit, mm. um, and and that that that's where sometimes the you know the the mirror gets turned around and puts on gets put on us because there's a need for patience and grace and endurance to engage with somebody um, to that extent, and a lot of times, if you're like me, we fail short. Just accept the truth, doggone it. Yeah, here's what it is. Well, you, you know, you, you mentioned defenses and walls, and, and you said something there that <laughs> when you first said that, I was thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, got a defense. Okay, get the battering ram or, you know, find the the chink in the defense where you can go into around it and subvert them. And you're like, or you just walk through the gate, right? And so a, a key there to get someone to, you know, batten down their defenses, get them to open up that gate, right, so that they can accept the truth of, of God and and uh, how you do that, though, that's never been something that I've been good at. I, you know, I either like go through it or go around it. Like I'm going to somehow, you know, and, and looking at it maybe more as winning argument instead of winning a soul. And and so some ways to to open people up to that. I know we're coming up against the break, but do you have any like off the top of your head, like best ways when you're engaging with people um, in counseling to really get them not off their guard, but to open up in a way that uh, something that maybe they would not be ready to share. I guess save that for when we get back from the break because we'll go over it. Uh, then if you are, ooh, oh, wow, messed up, excuse me. Uh, we'll be back with more after the news. Uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. That was Nobody by Casting Crowns. If you are just joining us, um, Doug is out of the studio today as well as Brad and I am joined by my father, Anthony Johnson, in the studio. If you don't know who he is and you're just new to tuning in, he's been on a number of times, but he's a former NFL athlete, former NFL chaplain, and currently 
He is a biblical counseling counselor. You can find out more about his practice and book sessions if you would like at AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. That's at Acacia underscore counseling. Hard to believe that someone had at Acacia counseling already, huh? <laughs> anyway, before the pro, or before the break, before the news break, we were talking a little bit about um, kind of counseling techniques and how we can apply some of those to the broader the culture more broadly and some defenses that um, people may have to the gospel. And, you know, that got me thinking about, you know, you and your practice. Um, I, I'm sure you engage people who are maybe resistant to, to speaking, to opening up, um, to sharing how do you engage them? What are some techniques for um, getting them to open up and getting them to warm up and you know, establishing trust? Yeah, that that's a, a huge, uh, a huge part of the healing helping process uh, in 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 therapy. Um, and in, in therapy, it's called uh, the therapeutic alliance. Uh, it's very essential. In fact. If you don't build an appropriate and effective therapeutic alliance within really the first two sessions um, or at any uh, any time during uh, what would be considered counseling, your your effectiveness is going to be close to nil. Um, that therapeutic alliance is really the most important thing. If 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 that's uh, developed appropriately, then a lot of healing could take place. If it's not, uh, then not much. Uh, healing is going to take place and so um so that's that there's a lot of focus uh that that we put on that and sitting down with someone especially for the first time right you're coming in and and you don't know this person that person doesn't know you and they're about to hopefully talk about some things that they've probably never talked to anybody in depth about um so so it's absolutely necessary and so uh, it, it's really intriguing as I, uh, you know, began my study and gotten in, in, in depth of it in, in the training, the counseling training to realize that um, there's definitely a profession and a st- strategy and a, a method and all that uh, that that I'm learning uh, still, in fact, but to, to appropriate and, and effective therapy. But at the same time, the use of the skills and the techniques are kind of everyday interpersonal things, mm. right? I mean, it, that was, it was kind of disarming to me to realize, hmm, building a therapeutic alliance, as important as that is um, in, in the flow of appropriate therapy, is as simple as demonstrating acceptance, uh, finding a way to... Uh, provide affirmation um, in appropriate times to be able to provide comfort. Um, these aspects that that ultimately, in therapeutic uh, sense, would would uh, formulate an appropriate attachment with with this person. And when that person feels they are appropriately and and sufficiently attached to me as a therapist, um, and we're on because hmm. yeah, then they're open to so much. Um, I'm open to their reality, engaging in them, and and so um, so so all that. There's a, a guy named Carl Rogers, uh, very uh, instrumental in in a lot of uh, the aspects of uh, current uh, psychotherapy. Uh, he wasn't a believer, 
but he developed some aspects that really tagged on to John Bowlby, who who did a lot of uh, research in regard to attachment therapy. Uh, one of the tenets that Carl Rogers uh, brought out and held is what's called unconditional positive regard. That that be one of uh, a few that he listed that is essential and necessary if any appropriate change is going to happen in a clinical setting. Unconditional positive regard. For most of us in grown up in the church, that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? I mean, if you were to put a term to it, unconditional positive regard would probably, most of us would probably say, oh, that sounds a lot like grace, hmm. right? Or agape love. And what's so intriguing is there's so many um, so many therapy uh, skills and so on and so forth, theories, and the best of them that I've come into contact with, the best of them are putting in theoretical terms, theoretical counseling terms. They're putting basically the scriptures to theoretical counseling terms. Unconditional positive regard is love, is grace. Um, It's the things that God talks about. Um, And so, so being able to bring some of those to a person as we're sitting down and talking with them, whether it's in the clinical setting or whether it's sitting down at lunch with someone whether we just knew them or, or we just met them or we've known them for a long time, being able to primarily build that type of connection and attachment is so essential. So to, to the, the specific example, if someone is wrestling with or has maybe their lifestyle is homosexual, let's say, and my heart is for them, to hear, to understand, at least consider the truths of Christ and whether that may be something that they discern that they need. I have to first, and if that defense, homosexuality, the issues of homosexuality, is a defense for them, I've got to engage with that. I've got to be willing to engage with that and engage with that from the standpoint of where they're coming from. I need to understand where they're coming from. I'm not saying I need to agree with where they're coming from. But I need to understand with where they're where they're coming from, and here's the point: because that they've got to where they've gotten in regard to this specific defense, whether it's homosexual or anything else, I've got to discern how that makes sense to them. Mm. I've got to hear, hey, this what this was what happened in my life way back when, um, and as a result of that, so on and so forth. Now, a lot of that they may not they not may not be. Fully aware of, but as I walk with them, as I journey with them in in conversation and engagement, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to understand why is that defense there? Because it probably felt like, and maybe it was there for a good reason. You know, okay, so I, I my first thought was okay, yeah, you you know, you find out you know why they think the way that they think. And then you poke a hole in it, right? Because that's obviously not the truth. And I'm like, well, I don't think in counseling, it, from my understanding, you can't make someone change in the same way you can't make someone accept Christ, right? They, they have to come to that on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poking a hole into that way of thinking is more unlikely going to raise up a defense again, right? Instead of uh, engendering, uh, you know, goodwill or for them to, to think along those lines. So especially from a counseling perspective, how do you, you know, you've, you've 
laid out, okay, this is why they think the way that they do on this issue that's detrimental to them or, you know, from you're talking about the gospel, that's, that, that's, that's false. How, how do you, without like, slash, you know, taking a, a hammer to the wall or, you know, whatever, how do you uh, help them see that they, there needs to be a course correct in their thinking? Yeah, that, that's, that's tricky. Um, and, and, and to your point, that's not necessarily for me to determine mm-hmm. for them. Very important words there. I don't determine that for them. Uh, matter of fact, um, when I when I meet with clients uh, within the first two sessions, usually the first session, um, I'm, I'm careful to, to tell them, one, um, we're in sacred space, and this is a sacred space for me. You're allowing me to journey with you in this part of your life. And, and I, I, I underscore that I'm journeying with you. I'm not getting in front of the, in the front seat of the car. I'm not pushing you over and just giving you a bunch of advice and going to steer your car. No, I'm, you're allowing me to get in the car with you and I'm riding with you. And my role is not to determine things for you, not to change things for you necessarily. My role is really just to at best be another pair of eyes to observe some things, identify some things. And so in regard to your specific point, it is, it is essential for me if I'm dealing with a defense it is essential for me to get to the point of understanding where that person cam- comes from in regard to constructing that defense and find an opportunity to validate the need for that defense. Because mm. in their experience, there was some reason that made sense for them to have that defense. And you say validate the need, not necessarily, not necessarily the defense, right? Which is important because... It, that's part of healing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, to see, okay, there was a need for this at this time. You know, I might have erred in it, or that need is now gone, and that allows someone to move past it. Yeah. And and so, it, it would seem almost counterintuitive, um, to in, in a sense, to say, well, you know, I understand why you feel that way, or or you know, why that was big for you, you know, and, and what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. But again. For me, it's like, but, you know, I, I want to throw yeah. that, that but out there, but I'm guessing that's, uh, you know. Well, well, I think we all do. Uh, we all wrestle with that um, because, again, the, the point in a contest is whether we win or lose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, i got to get that defense down, uh, and that's going to determine whether I win or lose. The point in bringing the gospel is the heart of that person. And so if I can validate something in route to – an entree to that heart. That's, that's what we're talking about. Hmm. So, and, and again, you, 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 you stated it very well. Um, the, the point isn't the defense, right? The, the, it's not that that's not the point that we're battling over. The point is understanding where your heart is. That's, that's really the point and seeing and being able to validate, Oh, based on where your heart is, I could see why you might have felt that way and decided to do that and so on and so forth. Um, and, and again, it, it, it's easier, easier stated like right. this than actually engaged in. Then put, in, put into practice. Yeah, that is for sure because, you know, we're tricky people, right? All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. Let's see what one have. I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And I did not write. There's a new station. 
we'd like to give a shout out to you as well. I don't have the name written down and Doug's going to kill me. Um, We'll be back with more in just a moment. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come. That is Rescuer by Redden Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you were just joining us just before the break, I didn't know what the new station was. Steve had to come in here, set me straight. That new station is WMOX in Meridian. So, so happy that uh, you are listening there. Um, we'd also like to give a shout out to our local listeners, which I did not do yet. 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. If you are just joining us, um, Doug is out. Brad is out. I'm in the studio with my dad, uh, who is a former NFL athlete, former NFL chaplain, and now is currently a counselor. We've been talking um, with him about, uh, you know, taking some of those counseling uh, practices and bringing them into some of the things that are the bigger issues that are going on in our culture today. If you'd like to find out more about him, you can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. That is at Acacia underscore counseling. So we are almost done for the day. Almost this hour goes by quick. Um, I wanted to ask you, there's a time, you know, in every conversation, um, you know, when you're sharing the gospel or whatever, where, you know, maybe you just are not the person to be talking. They, they don't like it. They're, they're, they, they just, you got to, you know, brush the, the, the dirt off your feet basically and, and leave. And, and I, I'm guessing in counseling and it got me curious, like, is there a time and when do you know what it is and what do you do when, Hey, you know, our interaction here is not going to be helpful or conducive to um, your growth. So how do you handle that? Have you had that happen? Yeah, I was going to say that's a good question because I haven't really gotten to that point yet. Um, and yet, uh, or not quite. Um, I do think it's um, a matter of ethics and professionalism um, to, to when that time comes to appropriately end uh treatment or refer to someone else yeah mm. um you know so 
that, yeah, there's several things, I guess, that, uh, and, and primarily is, uh, you know, the resistance uh, that that defense is representing. Um, if that's if that's something that is producing, uh, again, this may be from uh, my professional perspective, but it's it's producing uh, continued or undue stress for the individual. Um, it, then you know it's 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 better for that you know person to find someone else who might be able to help them. Yeah, and I think you know for us that the interesting you know the thing about that is like you know um, we're not the one who makes you know, faith grow, right? You know, you can plant, you can water, but it's ultimately God. So if you're you know, in a conversation with somebody and it's just not going anywhere or you got spun up or what, or they're, you did everything right and their defenses are still up, it, it's good to remember that you can only do what you can do and that um, ultimately God will bring another to to yeah. confront them or talk to them. And yeah, absolutely. Like and, and you, so you identified some, uh, a couple of very important, pertinent things one is to be aware of your client obviously and, and understand or, or i should say the person you're talking to because this isn't obviously this isn't just in a therapy setting but um to to be aware of uh to be studying him uh, in fact i'm i'm intrigued with uh in act 17 uh, verse 22 and 23 uh it says that uh paul did a, a couple things that are that are that are so uh, they orient very well to therapy. The first thing he did, he, he stood in the midst of mm. the people in their opicus. Then it says that he observed uh, what was going on with them and in them. Um, then he examined them. Then he found. And then it says he ultimately proclaimed. Mm. And, and that, that's so telling and so essential. But in, in a nutshell, that's kind of the approach to uh, therapy, but I think it'd also be a healthy approach, as is evident in Acts 17, to engaging with somebody in, in regard to the gospel. And so, and the difficulty is this, it's difficult in the therapy setting, and I think it's difficult in sharing the gospel, that uh, we, we want to be the one who, you know, seals the deal, mm. you know, closes the, the, the deal, gets the signing on, and we may not be. And it's okay to say, uh, you know what, um, you know, we, we've done as much as we can do. Um, I'm going to refer you, or I hope that there'll be someone else who you come across. And God ultimately, like you said, God ultimately, you're the one who changes hearts, uh, who brings people to the gospel, and also in my context, who uh, calls people to grow in the gospel. I don't have to do that. I don't, I'm not wholly responsible for that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting what you said there, what you drew out about what Paul did. Um, and, you know, he basically was observing uh seeking an avenue and then when he had it he he enacted the you know he enacted the gospel proclaimed the gospel um you know again before we go i just wanted to ask you like what, what is i, I in, in my opinion the church is dysfunctional right now in this country uh you know that you got some churches who are using stuff from the bible to affirm you know saying that it's proof text for trans God is okay with transgenderism. You know, you got uh, you know, other people who almost, you know, are worshiping Trump, it, it would seem like, um, in the way that they uh, have done things in services, chanting, let's go, Brandon, you know, in, in a church service. Uh, the, the, there, there's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of division in the church from a counseling perspective. What is there anything 
that can be done or is it just, you know, you got to split and go your own way as far as, or not your own way, but, you know, let one go their own way and the other follow God as far as the, the type of dynamic that's in the church with, you know, people who are hyper-partisan on one side or the other and then also people who are just tentative and don't want to talk about any issues because they're afraid of offending one of the one of the sides. You know, it's a complex situation, but I'm yeah. wondering if from a counseling perspective, if there's anything that you think or like, you know what, this, this is what we need to do. This could be helpful. Yeah, that's such a such a deep question. Um, one of the couple of things that come to mind is and one is um, is a realization um, and and a conclusion that the church is always been dysfunctional mm. uh, we've always had issues uh <clears throat> that we've needed to work through uh that we've done wrong issues that um we needed to address you know even back in acts uh, we see that several times um corrections that need needed to be made and that's been the case uh from the start uh within the generation from when jesus the author uh, instituted the church so um, so, so that's always the case now. Um, and, and part of that, again, from a counseling standpoint, um, it, it's, it can be helpful, uh, to, to normalize some things like just thinking, uh, oh, you mean you struggle with, you know, thoughts, uh, self, uh, not, well, hopefully not self-destructive thoughts, but <laughs> You know, you still, well, some you, of the, these churches look a little self destructive, yeah, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. But self self condemnation. I mean, mm. you struggle with that too. I do too. Uh, and and so there can be a health in realizing that, hey, you know what? Uh, none of us are perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I'm okay. I'm good enough because Taylor wrestles with that too. Um, the church is dysfunctional. That's why we needed a savior and still need a savior. And so just realizing, uh, you know, things like that and points like that, I think can be very helpful. Um, it, it does feel tougher and more difficult because uh, I think the stakes are getting at least visibly higher. Um, and so, you know, and yet there's parts of that that are very good, um, parts of that that uh, hopefully will uh, allow us to be purged and purified and allow our faith, our, the genuineness of our faith, to be seen and, and experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I say that because that's a lot of times what happens in a counseling session where I can engage with someone on, um, on their pain, on their stress, on their anxiety, and identify some aspects of what they have been going through that are wonderful things to underscore and highlight and champion and celebrate uh, to, in clinical terms, to build their ego, uh, to mm. ego strengthen. Um, and then so, so I think a, a realistic look at where we are in the church um, is essential not just the negative parts of it, but also the realities of it uh, historically and how they compare to, uh, but then also the strengths of that, what we still have in who we are in Christ and that we have the opportunity, not only individual individually to uh, represent him, to grow in him. And so, 
but we have the opportunity and some responsibility to do that as a body. Mm. You know, you said something there that was interesting to me is that, you know, there's always been need for correction, right? And, and you know, people have gone, you know, this way or that way. And, and, and Paul has wrote to correct, like some of the, the greatest letters we have are about that, right? And um, the, the correction, though, always has to be back to, you know, the truths of the gospel. And it, what I guess maybe is different now is there's people who want to hold the title Christian and, and take away every historical pillar of Christianity and still say that they are. And, you know, in the past, you know, and like you said, there have been, well, they had a name for that, and that was a heretic, right? And there was councils that were set up to decide, hey, no, this is doctrine, that's uh, heresy, you know, get out, go to Saudi Arabia, right? I don't see that at all in in our current church discourse. I don't think there's going to be a gathering, you know, an ecumenical gathering or something like that to say, no, 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 you know, those people are heretics. And, and so for me, that's a little con- like concerning, you know, it's like, what in the world do you do when people are trying to appropriate that title in a place that it doesn't belong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep one. That's a tough one to, to differentiate. Um, and yet, you know, what, who we have is the spirit who lives within us and, mm. and opportunity to rely upon him by, th- by faith. Well, I could have t- t- talked to you about that last one there for a, f- a few more minutes at least, but we are out of time. If you, uh, you've been listening to SWAT Radio, if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 